It's all in the game with Neil Atkinson and David Downey. Everything and anything football. It's all in the game on City Talk 105.9. The news came to an abrupt end there as uh, Dave Downey got himself into the chair. It's all in the game. Uh, What's left of the sports news, the football news, it was irrelevant to Dave. Dave's got an axe to grind. What's left of me? What's left of Dave, indeed. Dave's got an axe to grind. Dave, how's it going? It's not good, mate. I'm I'm, I'm talking on a a serious level here. uh, Am I a bit low there? Am I on the aisle there? You're good there now. Am I okay? Right. Um, Yeah, I mean, it. I mean, people like, you know, I, I have a laugh about when we're doing porn and stuff, and I like to look on the bright side of most things, despite people thinking I'm a general pessimist in life. But it's uh, it, it's toying with my emotions at the moment, Neil, it really is, because I feel, I feel listening to Roberto Martinez, I feel patronised, and I feel I feel let down by what I'm hearing. And I know, and then I discussed it a little bit before, but I know the obvious thing to say is this man's not going to come out and hang his players out to dry and things like that. But no. there's no... There's no sign of any honesty from him in terms of how poor we're actually doing Is there a sign of any honesty on the pitch? Because what strikes me about having seen the highlights only the highlights of Arsenal 11 so I've got to be careful but also reading the reports and reading the reaction from Evertonians is that it's understandable to not want to get battered it's understandable Mm. to want to keep it tight but there's 15 to go Mm. And there was no impetus, mm. and there was no there was no sign of the Everton equaliser. I actually, from the from just from the perception of the way in which it was being talked about, I got the impression Rosicky put it to bed, you know, about set on about seventy, didn't he? Put it to, put it to bed on eighty nine yeah. minutes. You know, where's 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 the Everton? Where's the fifteen minutes where Arsenal are thinking we just need to get through this? We could, I wish we killed this. That's the key question we, because even Leicester yeah. have shown that recently. Coming to Anfield, coming to Goodison, Leicester have shown this is how you show some gumption. Mm. You may not be as good as them, but you can battle. Yeah, it it, it seems to be all out containment. Um, when, when we're playing a better side at the moment, Neil, and you know, I, I sort of got on board with that a little bit, considering that you know, we, we know what we discussed about the derby. I sort of felt it would have been harsh to say um, Martinez didn't play it in the correct way. Um, Chelsea away similarly as well, but you know, you, you, you get to a point where we, we've we've got to score goals now to take points. We can't just meander through taking a decent draw away from home. It's not good enough anymore. And uh, you're absolutely right. For, for 10, 15 minutes after the break, we were decent, Luke Garber. I think he took about 10 corners in total. Decent quality as well. And You know, I'm a big fan of his. And they're just, the, the lack of movement, the lack of penetration, it, it's just it's just blatantly obvious and it it's stinking the place out at the moment, Neil. It, it looks awful. It's terrible to watch because it's it's a side with no confidence trying to pass the ball um, with no purpose going forward. And I can't think of a of a mixture that, 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 well, that that's gives the, you the emotion that's any anything worse than what we're seeing. That's the know? fascinating thing for me is that I think that what what Everton now need is that sense of purpose, and that's what they seem to have in Europe. Yeah. That you know, you look at Everton in Europe, and they appear to have so much more purpose. Freedom, the isn't it? The, yeah, there's just a greater relaxation. Yeah, yeah it's it, it is baffling when you to think Thursday night they went one 0 up, and I sort of thought, well, you know, <laughs> surely not. But then we we kicked into gear. We started passing the ball forward. Darren Gibson was passing the ball forward. Uh, Martinez opted not to to play him against Arsenal. He come on, and he was asked after the game, "Did you not feel the need to start Adam Gibson?" He said, "No, it wasn't necessary." And I'm thinking, "Well, he's the one in our side. Okay, Bessic and McCarthy have have their plaudits, but they're not they, they they're not exactly looking for a searching pass every time they collect the ball. They're looking for a pass. That is the problem. Mm. It's not it's not a forward pass. It's not it's not a pass that means anything. They're just looking for a blue shirt." Um, and even that we seem to be getting wrong, that's the problem, because with there being no confidence confidence in the side, the, 
passes are going astray, even though they're trying to make it the, the go-to tactic. Um, it, it's borderline ridiculous. I think, you know, Ross Barkley, I think, epitomises Everton a lot. Um, he reflects a lot of what, what's happened this season. And we went into it with a, with a hell of a lot of promise, what we, you know, from where we pick up from last season. Ross Barkley was was at the centre of all that last year. He was fantastic. He set the Premier League alight with some of his performances, um, but still very ragged and raw. And he, he was injured when he came back. There was that burst of energy. We beat Aston Villa 3 0. And then, you know, I'm sort of summing up our season in a nutshell here, but he, he, he then suffered with poor form as any youngster can. He can go off the boil. It's happened to Raheem mm-hmm. Sterling. Um, and he's never really regained that ever. I can't recall. But he was decent away in Burn, and that was about it. But the, to, to reflect that on how the whole, the, how re, the results recently have been, performance is simply not good enough. Even, and and the, the ironic thing about that is we're not even getting that. But Martinez persists that we are. Well, it, it, it's just it, it, there needs to be some sort of substance, Neil. Bessage, McCarthy, and Barry is problematic. I'd say as a, as a centre mid three. Oh, I think there's, there's there's no there's not the thing, and the, and I think it's it's symptomatic of a manager who's not backing himself. And I think this is the most interesting thing now. Is I actually I, I think that you play in the back seven when you when you play in those three. Yeah, but I th- you, you, you say it about you know not wanting to be. Patronised by Martinez, but you know the comments I've read today. You know it felt very, very tough to enjoy our football. It's been more of a chore having to get that get those points, and I don't see any enjoyment in the in the league. I do see that enjoyment in Europe. That gives you momentum. It gives you more positive feeling around the box. But in the final third of the season, with everyone fighting to get forty points, every game is high pressure. I actually think Martinez is beginning to come across like someone who's and, and team selections like this suggest a lack of joie de vivre. Mm. There's a there's a strong argument that. Everton could have been sent out against Arsenal. Just say it as a bonus game. You know, I felt that that's what it was. You've got those yeah. two results that you got in Europe over the, the, the two games against young boys. You've scored, you've scored some goals, mm. lads. What we're going to do is we're going to go and go with them. And again, I keep harking back to last season, but that's what last season's Everton would have done. At any stage of the season, they'd have just seen this game yeah. against Arsenal and said, "This is an opportunity for you to demonstrate what you're good at. Go and enjoy yourself." But that team selection with that midfield three doesn't say go and enjoy yourself, lads. It says we want to just hang on for dear life mm. and. I think my worry about I don't I I don't see a world where Everton go down. I've got to be really really honest. I I don't see a world where Everton go down, and the reason why is because I don't see how Villa, uh, Burnley, Leicester, and QPR put the points on the board to put Everton under real pressure. I don't see how two of those sides win the six games that I think they need to win. The four to four to six games they need to win to put Everton under real pressure. I don't think that's the case. But what I think is problematic is. What I'd worry about if I was an Evertonian is it feels like Everton are talking themselves and playing themselves into being in that battle. And that's where Martinez's team selection there, you know, it really was, it very much was one. And obviously, you know, I, I know a lot of Liverpoolians had an eye on it after our game against City and all that sort of stuff, but it really was one where what you wanted to see was Everton just to go and say, well, we're going to enjoy this. One way or another, Arsenal let you play, we're going to go there, we're going to go and play against them, we're going to go toe-to-toe. And I think that's what's lost. I actually think the problem now with Martinez is he's becoming less and less Martinez as the weeks go on, yeah. certainly in the league, and until he can get back to being able to say, with a straight face, they've all played well, and being able to say, we've given them what they needed to play, because I refuse to believe that Roberto Martinez's ideal centre mid three in 
in this league are three players with the profiles of Besic, McCarthy and Gareth Barry. I just refuse to believe that that's not the football you saw last season. At no point did Everton put a centre field three out like that last season. Mm-hmm. That is not the football you saw last season. It's not the football that even though you were in a lot of good games that you didn't quite take three points from in the first half of the season. But now this is where he's ended up. And that, that for me, that would be the most concerning factor. That's a, that's a, a real spot-on uh, assessment, Neil. It's almost like he's... Uh... He's be, be, much more likely to win than lose, mm. so why not go and just play some football yeah, against them? Absolutely, and uh, it, it doesn't even feel like it's a situation where Martinez is thinking stick or twist here. It's 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 you know it's going backwards. It's a it's a slow decline from what he was last season. I think Neil, and it's uh, it's very worrying going forward because it, it it's almost a it's, it's a constant contradiction. I feel with him because. It, you know, he, he wants to play this expansive football, he wants to keep the ball, he wants to defend in possession, all of those things. They are indicative of an, of an attacking team, of a team that has a go wherever they, wherever they play. Yeah, he's selecting three defensive midfielders, like I said, which might as well be a back seven. Yeah. Uh, the striker who, who is so unfairly criticised and isolated... You know why not try something different? And I've been I've been calling for that for a, a, a long while now. <clears throat> the fact that he won't, but he is trying something different because he's playing the three defensive <clears throat> midfielders. I think this is the problem. Positive I think. difference. Well, this is and I think this is the key thing. And I think this is where I think when we were talking pre when Liverpool went to Man United uh, about Liverpool in November and early December, one of the things I was saying was. You've got to be really careful if, if you're Brendan Rodgers, and I'd say if you're Roberto Martinez, of, of playing in a manner that does you out of a job. Mm. Because if we want the sort of manager who, has to, who plays three defensive midfielders, well, we don't want you, Roberto. You're not that manager. Well, We've not, that's not what we brought you in for. In the same way that when Brendan Rodgers... Like exactly, when Brendan Rodgers was getting these scrappy nil-nils and one-nils at home against Stoke and Sunderland, it was like, well, you can do this. But we don't want one who's like, you know, we want mm. the reason why we've got you in is to be you. And I think that's the Martinez problem now, well, is you're beginning to think, well, yeah. Roberto, you know, we can get we can get fellas in, you know, Alan Pardew. That's why Tony Pulis will never be a top manager. Exactly. Be, be, uh, will never be a successful manager. Never I mean, be a manager of a top half-side challenging exactly. for honours. Because that is ceiling, you know, that is where he hits the roof when when he plays football like that. When West Brom come to Goodison and got a nil-nil draw, that's... The, the heights that he gets, with all due respect, you know what I mean. That that is what he aims for to to frustrate sides and oh, and maybe Nick one exactly. But if you want to frustrate sides and maybe Nick one, then that's not Roberto Martinez's game. But this selection, McCarthy, Barry, Bessage, that's a f- selection to frustrate sides and maybe Nick one. Yeah. Well, what's what's the point, mate? We may as well get Pulis. It, it, it's it's a side to do that, Neil. It's, it, it, it's it's a selection to do that. But the way he tries to play. Yeah, it's just a total contradiction in itself because we're we're, tr- we're trying to pass the ball. We're, we're, we're trying to, you know, th- that side to me is is one that you typically see you get what thirty five to forty percent possession if they're lucky, playing long balls up yeah. to Lukaku. Now, what mind if we actually did that with that with that like you, you'd think? It makes common sense if we're gonna be dead it, quick on the break, get yeah. the fullbacks on the outside, whip the balls in. Yeah. If this is if this is the way we're gonna set up, lads, let's do it properly. Do you know what I mean? It's almost like a half-hearted approach of playing the defensive side away from home, and uh, I, I'm I'm just really worried. I really am not not necessarily the, the you know the reality of the situation is we're probably not going to go down. You know the, the, that's the probability, but it doesn't help you feeling concerned. It's more deep rooted. I think the problem is just basically saying you know Everton will stay in the mm. Premier League. I think there's a there's a lot more concern than that. And the the thing is, Everton's a very volatile fan base at the moment as well. So you know, I start to think that you, you, nobody can assume. Okay, we may have a chance, but nobody can assume that we're going to go all the way in the Europa League if and when Everton go out of that competition. The cold light of day 
I think will really hit home for Martinez. They'll be, you know, you think it's bad now. Mm. I think it will. It will really get, you know, it will really get volatile between the, the fan base and the club. Um, and you know, you don't see how he turns it round because he's not going to be handed with an eye on the summer. He's not going to be handed a, a chest full of money to go and spend. And Everton do need wholesale changes. You would think at the moment. And he sort of backed himself into that corner by not using what he has at his disposal. He was so successful last season. So, you know, the, the football was so refreshing, it was great to watch. And I felt like the squad had 16, felt, 17, 18 players who were involved. Yeah, and I felt like this is what an Evertonian in the 80s used to feel like when we approached matches. We thought we could win every single game. You know, there was always that that excitement when you'd approach games. You look at them now and you, you actually dread going to match. You dread looking at the game. You dread being an Evertonian at the moment. And... It's 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 amazing the way it's gone from one extreme to the other. But the, the way that he's picking this team, like you say, it looks it looks aged. It looks tired. You know, it looks like one that you know we'll we'll do what we can and we'll get a point from this. It's a decent result. It looks very very stagnant at the moment. And then you start thinking, well, it's an aging squad by and large. We do have a few young players, but the older ones are very old. You know, you look at Gareth Barry. You look at Tim Howard and Gold, you look at Distan still there, Jack Yelka's the wrong side of 30, Pienaar, Osman, the Everton stalwarts are all getting older and they've got to be replaced in the summer. There's, now, a gap, now, there's a bit of a gap though, isn't there? Because that's what, I mean, Baines as well, yeah, you can put big, Baines in there. There's a huge gap. This, I, I used to worry about this with Liverpool as well, going back a few years. When you haven't invested, and Everton have spent some money recently, but when you haven't invested quite consistently for three, four, five seasons, sometimes you notice where you get yourself into these little pockets where, for instance... No one 23 to 28. You've got no one 23 yeah. to 28. And that's sort of a little bit where Everton suddenly, you know, mm-hmm. they're all looking at each other a little bit, these lads here. And I think Morales is the one that stands out to me. Yeah. Apart from that, you can't really see where the other lads, you know, the other lads who fall into that category are Bessage is young McCarthy's just approaching that key age you know you've got Barkley in there he's 21 now you know John Stones is another one you know, Seamus Coleman I think he's 24 is he's Coleman now yeah. so he's one who's just approaching that key mm. age but there is this bit of a gap here where you've got these lads who are, who are the wrong side of 30 like you say and then there's one or two dotted and then these these lads who are under 23 but effectively none, none, none of which are showing any signs of being genuine leaders either Neil which is no. also worrying um, well, they're not in leadership positions. I mean, you know, that's, yeah, exactly. that's show, yeah. let's show some respect to what you know what what you'd expect from your flying winger mm. and from your right back is. You don't actually expect them to be the lads who are, mm. who are carrying the torch. They're not down the spine of the pitch, and that's yeah. where you need you know you need one or two in there dotted dotted along. Yeah, I think. I mean, I do think it's an interesting point, and and in terms of Martinez's future, should he? I mean, he, he will he will do very very well to turn it around. He, he really will. I, I think. It's obviously not beyond him, but I actually I think the the uphill battle that he'll have to climb this summer, no matter what happens, and that's assuming we don't win the Europa League. That's the only that's the only scenario where you see he comes out of this season with any credit in the bank. Mm-hmm. I think if he wins that, or gets to the final, say. Um, aside from that, you know, there's going to be massive scrutiny on him in the summer. What sort of players are we going to be able to attract? We won't have much money to do so. You know, looking looking beyond it, it's. Um, and it, it's hard to be that it's it's hard to stay in that frame of mind where you're thinking, well, let's take each game as it comes. Let's look forward to our last sixteen tie against yeah. Kiev. It's almost got beyond that, Neil, because I'd love to look forward to it with with well, lots of for, disregard to the league. You're not looking forward to Stoke, are you? No, that's the thing. I, I'm dreading that. Absolutely dreading going to Stoke because Stoke beat us. There's a chance that one of the uh, the others, Hall, Burnley, Villa, pick up some points, and we we edge even closer to. Uh, Towards the trap, though. I mean, Everton are not only just six points above the drop zone, but six points above 19th. 
Yeah, yeah, that is right. But it's but it, but this this is my thing is that I just don't I simply don't see how QPR, Burnley, and Villa all get the requisite wins. But I do see how it becomes how it could become nervy very very quickly. Just to put that into context, Villa play West Brom at home on Tuesday night. Hull play Sunderland at home on Tuesday night, um, and then on the on the on the Wednesday, yeah, QPR are against Arsenal. Admittedly, Leicester are going to Manchester City. So it's more the idea that when you kick off against Stoke, you know, it's possible that both that uh, Villa and Sunderland are both put wins on the board, mm-hmm. and that you know that would obviously put you under a little bit of pressure. Exactly. The Reds will get a favour against Burnley, I think, Dave. Uh, just a bit, yeah. <laughs> Thankful favour. <laughs> Sorry. And, uh, it's, Sorry, it's, listeners. Yeah, it's really, uh, it's, a, it's a sad state of affairs. It, feel, it, it feels like the uh, the late 90s again, Neil. And the more, the, what makes it more frustrating is we have the talent there that got us to our record points total last season. It's that, That's what makes it even worse in, in a lot of ways. We'll talk more about this in part three. This is all in the game, Neil Atkinson and David Downey. Coming up after the break, we'll talk about Liverpool against Manchester City. It's all in the game with David Downey and Neil Atkinson. On City Talk 105.9. It is indeed City Talk 105.9. Neil Atkinson, David Downey with you until 7 o'clock on this Monday evening. I hope you've had a decent enough Monday. I suspect you might have done if you're a Liverpool supporter. Um, Off the back of Liverpool's performance yesterday against Manchester City, how could you not be buoyed by that sort of thing? Uh, David Downey said to me in the break, one of his the most impressive performances of of Martinez, uh, sorry, not Martinez, of Rodgers' tenure as uh, as Liverpool manager. Yeah, um... It, it really was. I, I thought as a collective unit, that's probably the most uh, impressive and dynamic I've seen a, a Liverpool side. And it, for a number of reasons, they didn't impress me because there's periods in a game where you know you're going to be under the cosh. There's, there's periods against top sides, you know you're going to have they're going to have the ball a lot and they're going to put you under pressure for a ten to fifteen minute spell. I mean, obviously Everton and Arsenal yesterday were that, that example, um, more so. Everton to Everton's detriment with Arsenal, but um, with, with Liverpool, it wasn't just a, a case of backs against the wall against that that spell of pressure. They still got at City, so there was never a sustained spell. There was you know five minute patches and you know Aguero with the post and I was I was watching and thinking when Liverpool went two one up and uh, John Alders actually mentioned it in commentary. You're waiting for this onslaught from City to come afterwards. And I was more sort of watching, thinking Liverpool are more likely to get a third here, I actually thought. And as good as City are and as good as City were, uh, in, in, in spells, you know, uh, people saying to me how, how poor Yaya Torre was, how, the, you know, the, the lack of influence David Silver had on the game. They weren't poor because they had off days. They were poor because Liverpool's position, Liverpool's midfield were, were fantastic. Joe Allen was awesome. I thought it was his best game in a Liverpool shit. But Coutinho obviously was single out for the goal. There's so much more to his game than that. And there's so much more to his game than the flair and attack and play. I was watching them quite closely and I, I love I love how determined and dogged he is yeah. with that flair and class. It's very rare you see the both. It's very rare you see that touch of flair because it's normally one or the other. It's almost like God God doesn't give it both hands, do you know what I mean? And he he has he has that um He's persistent in what he does. Everything there's a purpose to everything he does. The way he tracks back, he loves a fifty-fifty as well, which is mad because he's like three foot. Yeah, he's 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 a just a, he's a reminiscent a little bit of Suarez. Yeah. Suarez. Suarez in that regard that he's got both. But I think it's, I think it's the way in which he uses he. he he now discipline uses, no, Neil. Yeah, well, it's this huge discipline. Yeah. I think it's little things like it's easy to say, you know, you shouldn't try try things in your own half. But you know, the the turn, the turn uh, during the first half, which takes him away from Zabaleta, um, when Zabaleta comes steaming into the back of him, you can see where Zabaleta thinks it's coming. Coutinho has got this sort of three hundred and sixty degree awareness, and with one little flick, he's away. He's around the corner, and he's got five yards of space, mm. and it's more. It, 
the flick, it could have been nice if, you know, it, it, it would have been nice wherever it was on the pitch, but it was actually useful in terms of getting Liverpool out. Yeah. And there's this real sense of wherever you are on the pitch now, and it's reminiscent a little bit of when I was growing up and watching Liverpool under Dalglish with John Barnes. You get the impression that there's six players, seven players on the pitch, and the first thing they're looking for when they get the ball is where's Coutinho. Can we get this to Coutinho? Yeah. We can get it to him now, he can get us out, and he can get us up the pitch. And I think that that's great. And I think that Liverpool phased that in. Yesterday, brilliantly, there was. I said on the um, on the on the Anfield wrap. One of the things that really second half impressed me about Joe Allen's performance was, I thought he made it really easy for Dejan Lovren, in terms of wherever you are on the pitch, Dejan. I'll be I'll be that that fifteen yard ball where you just go bump and it's into me and I'll make sure I'm there for you when the ball's coming no thinking, long when it's coming yeah. just like as as just you just trust you just trust either foot I'll be there for you and then Alan gets it and first touch and some of the stuff he was doing Alan where he was he's letting it drop before getting it under so he can play the first time pass he's he's playing the ball as it's hitting the deck yeah. in order to be able to play the fit I mean God that's not easy mm. you know to do that in in, in, in a, certainly in a it's not easy full stop but to do it in a cauldron atmosphere in a big game like that and the first thing he's looking for is where's Coutinho and so you got these lads now who were able to get themselves out and up the pitch all comfortable in possession all able to beat a man you know Alan and Coutinho there in harness with one another and then suddenly Liverpool are able to turn Manchester City and put them under pressure it's strange that a player like Coutinho is, is such a good outlet do you know what I mean he, he, in almost the way you play it up to like a Lukaku with Everton to hold the ball up you know mm. you'd look to that figure it's almost like that with Liverpool when they are playing out it is where's Coutinho but in, in terms of turning the side you, you know what I mean it's that yeah put it into him, it's that first touch, you turn, and you, all of a sudden you're on the attack. The, Coutinho should be the most foul player in the Premier League, by the way. The fact that he's not shows how resilient and strong he is for his size. He, he's obviously a very you know, diminishing figure, but he's he, he's like an itch you can't scratch. You, can't, you know what I mean? It, you get that's how you're in that position to describe him. You get the impression of time that you can't actually get close enough. No. You know, unless they're going to give bit... Like for, use the Zabaleta one for instance if Zabaleta just goes through the back of him which he could great but it's a yellow card if you do that mm. you, you can't get close enough to do the little the little pick up, the pick up fouls they're trying the best to do it but I think it's I, I thought that the way Liverpool dealt with Zabaleta was, was really really clever they dealt with him two ways one was the idea that Alan came across went with him on the cover between Alan Lovren and uh, Moreno I thought they dealt with Zabaleta really well but the other thing that they did was they put doubt in his mind mm. because what they did was and it, it's a bold move they just left Coutinho there they just said because you're going to we know that that City loved that overlap they loved that that extra man who comes and arrives and Liverpool just basically went well you're going to do that but we're just going to at times in little patches he's just going to stand there he's not even going to come with you this time he's going to stand there because we're going to win it back in a minute and now he's on the turn and now he's running into the space that you've left yeah. and I thought it gave City problems to be honest with you and I, I think full stop Liverpool they work they, there's tactical battles and there's tactical battles in football and I think that we've seen um, you know to go back to the sort of the, the great games that Liverpool got themselves involved in when Rafa Benitez was manager where the tactical battle was the idea of, of, of stopping the opponent from playing and creating for yourself moments that you'll have moments in the game you'll have 90 seconds in the game in transition you'll have opportunities you'll get the, you know we'll we'll outthink you we'll skew you when we outthink you and that you know those games the Mourinho Benitez that sort of era they were they were genuine tactical battles they were like games of chess and people mm. would say that and they would be right to say that Liverpool yesterday, Manchester City got themselves embroiled in a tactical battle that was so much more fluid than that. It wasn't the idea of sort of of, of, of two two unbelievable forces stopping each other. They were meshing into each other. They, they were adapting to different things, posing each other different problems, and then solving those problems. So that you know, I thought it was I thought it was fascinating from that point of view. You know, use the second. It was a lovely game to watch. Well, the first twenty five yeah. minutes, of the second half for me. Uh, 
are, are an advert for football, to be honest with you, where City came come out the blocks really, really quickly, scare the life out of Liverpool. Liverpool then get themselves back in, then they get themselves not just back in, but controlling the game, and they control the game up until about the hour mark. Then um, then he, he introduces Milner, goes 4-5-1. City have five to ten minutes where they're on top, where that you know, you're thinking, God, City have got us here. But then Liverpool, without anyone making a substitution, because the substitution comes immediately after the goal to make it 2-1, without there being a substitution, Liverpool then got themselves five to ten minutes where they got themselves back on top. And it's not the idea of, 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 of there being a hand that moves everyone around the pitch. You were watching, you were watching Alan and Henderson solve problems, you were watching Fernandinho solve problems, you were watching James Milner become a problem and David Silva become a problem. That then, for instance, Lovren or some combination of these Liverpool players, mainly led by Joe Allen, and this is why I thought Allen's performance was so was so important, managed to find a way to stop themselves. And I'm sure there was instructions from the sidelines, but it felt so much more fluid than that. But it was all very much a game played, like you said before, in positioning. Mm. In where we're, we're going to do this for five minutes, we're going to give this a little go for five minutes. And we're, and the other thing that's noticeable is there's this real from both sides, but Liverpool won the battle of this. We're back in our technique. We're going to pass the ball into lads who look like the marked, but we, we you know we're going to watch Joe Allen turn on a on a sixpence in the middle of his of the centre circle, arc his leg up and be able to get himself away from two players, and you're going to wonder what's going on. Yeah, how's he just done that there? We think we've got him there. We think we trapped him in this moment, one of these big moments of transition, and we're going to mm-hmm. turn and break. But no, he comes out with the bulk. Yeah. He backs his technique, and I think that it's it's a real blueprint. Really, the problem with it is, and this goes back to part of Liverpool's poor form at the start of the season less so as that poor form we were on but at the start of the season when it doesn't work you can't half look rubbish, <laughs> and you get, it can't have, and it can't half make it's a high you, risk strategy. Well, it is, and it can't half make your manager look like you know it's quite it's one of them really where you can start to be going to the manager. Why don't you do something about this? Because this is football without a safety net, yeah. and I think that those tactical battles I'm referring to, you know, when you go back to that that era with um, with Liverpool, Chelsea, United, you know, you think about the way United used to set up when they came to Anfield under Ferguson. They just matched Liverpool's shape and just basically just turned yeah, it into it was a battles dog. of units, wasn't it, rather than individuals? <laughs> Smart. Basically, that was football. That was all about safety nets. Those games were all about, we're constantly creating safety and there's no right way to play football, but constantly creating safety nets for if something goes wrong someone's on the cover, if this doesn't work we've got this, you know what I mean, it was all and, and it was the moment when you managed to, basically the opposition was working to pull the safety net away and then make something mm-hmm. happen. I always remember a game when Liverpool went to Chelsea when uh, Mascherano lost the ball high up the pitch at nil-nil. This is on about 48 minutes, 40, 49 minutes I think, it's deep into the game and Mascherano lost the ball in, in the Chelsea half, but close to halfway line and as soon as he lost it I went they've scored here and Chelsea went bink 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 hung one into the back it was either Drogba to an Elk or an Elk is a Drogba but he taps one in at the back post and uh, Chelsea go away and they win the game 1-0 because in that moment Liverpool because Mascherano had lost it high up the pitch Lucas was close to him I think Lucas was playing yeah. so Chelsea were one pass in they were behind those two they've pulled the safety net away yeah. and no one could cope whereas this football it's football without a safety net the, no one's trying neither side really was, was trying to have that safety net not just of a defensive midfielder but of a certain set up to play in this football that is about it's about playing football and I think that that's what's most impressive about it it's this idea that you're going to snap into tackles and Liverpool finished that game effectively with whether you want to call it left back left wing back or left mid Adam Lallana playing that position yeah. you know that's, that's Liverpool's side when, when John Aldridge is saying I'm waiting for the onslaught to come Liverpool have effectively got Adam Lallana left, left back mm. and that's that, because fundamentally I think this is the most interesting thing, and it's the, it goes so much against the, the 
Again, you know, the Chelsea are currently top of the league. They've just won the League Cup. Jose Mourinho knows what he's doing. But Jose Mourinho does not close that game out with Adam Lallana at left wing-back. He closes that game out with some gnarly fella left wing-back. And I think that that's the most interesting thing is, basically, there's this idea, I think, currently knocking around at Liverpool, which is, you should all be able to win tackles. You should all be able to defend. You should all defend with your lives. You should all be fully committed to the notion of putting your body on the line and stopping something. There's three specialists. They're those lads in yeah. that line. <laughs> and the rest of you, though, but it's the minimum requirement. Yeah. Not that you've got to, you know, it's not like football manager where that lad's got 15 for tackling. You should all be able to throw a tackle in. And Adam Lallana yesterday epitomised that. He yeah. could throw a tackle in. I'm glad you mentioned Lallana because uh, <laughs> I thought it was one of, one of his more impressive games for Liverpool. I, I have been... Impressed with him mildly this this season. I thought it's been difficult for him at times. I thought he should have had a lot more game time. Um, but but seeing the role he's had to adapt to at various times, and it just highlights again this versatility in this side as well. Neil, yeah. like you were saying, you know, each lad's asked to put a shift in tackling. Each lad's asked to put a shift in tracking back. Even Balotelli, when when I've seen him in the last couple of games, he started has looked like he's got some willing in him. He's got yeah. something that says, you know, I want to put myself about here. I want to cover some yards on the pitch. That's what makes Coutinho such a rarity for me because he's got that. Uh, energy and drive with the obvious qualities of a world class footballer as well. You, you don't you don't see that. You know, obviously you, you're looking at the the elite of Ronaldo who tracks back for Real Madrid. Don't even think Messi does it for Barcelona. In in terms of covering ground, I'd love to see Coutinho's stats for, for actually his running stats because he does get about the pitch. Well, he, he, Henderson Allen Coutinho yesterday yeah. covered, must have covered so much ground. Mm. They were absolutely and Lallana, They were absolutely everywhere. But as all an the attacking time. player, though. You just never really see that in, in modern football, do you? An attacking player that's willing to, to put that shift in as well. I mean, you look at, you, yeah, I mean, just for our example at Everton, you look at probably Kevin Morales, who, who, who would fit that mould in some sort of relevant way. He's by no means a workhorse, he by no means covers ground, he does track back now and again. But it's the, the sheer determination that this side has. Well, it's like. The very comfort with each other as well. Do you know to to, to watch them as a body language, everything they, they seem to be a, a side that's that, that has faith in one another. They, they all seem it's like a gang of mates playing football. That's, and that's a massive it. part of it. Yeah, and the, the interesting comparison I thought it last season as well. And you've got to be really careful with this because Manchester City are second, um, and they won the league last season. But for me, there's an interesting comparison between last season when we were playing the Diamonds and Sterling was at the apex of the Diamonds this season where Coutinho is and what Coutinho is offering those two players and David Silva and David Silva suddenly looks like a relic he looks like a footballer from five years ago in comparison to what these two do I think and the City team as a whole do at the moment well, yeah. and, that's, and, that's, that's, yeah. and that's one of the underlying problems they've got but David Silva you know, he looks like a bit of a luxury number 10 in comparison to what what Sterling was doing in the in the in the, uh, the the fixture last season, and what uh, Coutinho was doing in this one this season, and I think that's that's where Liverpool have got so much promise at the moment. In that you feel as though there's a there's a curve in the Premier League at least that it be, you begin to think Liverpool sort of ahead of. There's a there's a trend in football that you feel as though Liverpool are either ahead of or are creating in the Premier League. I think less so when you look at what's going on in the continent. But that's the interesting thing for me. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I think that's that, that's spot on actually because it's um, it's it's very much Liverpool have found the niche. Do you know what I mean? They, they're doing things that other sides don't, so other sides can't. I mean, you mentioned to me a while ago the disappointing thing from the summer in losing Suarez was Liverpool found that they were good at scoring goals. Go with that. Mm. 
I think this season, and to Brendan Rodgers' credit, it didn't look like it was forthcoming at all at certain times. But they found something else that they're particularly good at. Um, it, it's hard to put my finger on the fact that it's a particular thing, and maybe that's where its it strength lies, the fact that it isn't one particular thing. It is this versatility. It's, it's giving players of a particular standard, you know, uh, players who come with a narrative of what they actually bring to a match. It, it, it's bringing that, but totally transforming it and giving them something extra as well. well. It's like you said to me last week, did you not say that he's found a way of giving players something extra to think about? You can do the good thing. About Emery Chan, we were yeah. saying, weren't we? You can do the one good thing. We know you're decent at that. Why not have a think about this as well? And it seems to be a real intelligence that's coming out of this side, a real... Um, you know, it, it looks like they're, they're high on intellect, these lads. It, it, it's clever stuff. The manager did an interview today on TalkSport, which was put on the Liverpool website word for word, and it was, it was fascinating because one of the things that was in there was this idea of... We had this 3-4-3. He actually said he did it at Newcastle away and no one noticed that we were trying to play 3-4-3 at Newcastle away when we were we were abject. Uh, we got beat 1-0 and Liverpool were just terrible that day. And now that he said that, sort of watch, thinking about the pattern of that game a little bit, I can sort of see what he means, that they were having a look at it then because they were saying they had no time to work on it. He's going back to this idea of you know what the Champions League did, what these midweek fixtures were doing. He's pulled players out and pushed them around and he's given people Moreno misses for six games, eight games and all this sort of stuff and then they come back in and now they come back into this shape. But what, it, what he repeatedly says is the idea that, that the lads enjoy it and the lads are bought into it. And I think the reason why the lads enjoy it and the lads are bought into it and I think what this is the, the core thing of... Firstly, it's the core thing of why I, I still want to see Liverpool aggressively pursue goals. And I think that... It, but, but it's the core thing, I think, of what you're saying, which is he gets to go express yourself. No matter where you are on the pitch, the thing that you most like to do in football, I've found a position for each of you where you get to express yourself. Put Lovren to one side for a second, who I thought was fine the other day, but you look at that left-sided centre-half role, it may as well have been created for Sacco. When you see him play it, when you see him arrowing the ball and you see what he does, you know, Sacco's getting to, he's getting to be the centre-half he always wanted to be, in that he's got, he can, he's got space to move into, he can pass the ball, but he also gets to win his battles. You look at Martin Skirtle, he looks like he's the most comfortable he's looked in a Liverpool shirt, because he can see the whole pitch, he can decide when he's going to go in and when he's not. He's getting to enjoy his football, you look at Emre Chan, this idea that, you know, he can carry the ball, he can find his step, he can find his yard, he can make a fool out of Lukaku in the bottom corner of the pitch, just because he feels like, enjoy your football, and then you go right the way through the rest of the pitch, whoever I'm putting at wing back, what is it that you enjoy doing? And you're, you know, you're going to end Jordan and I what you love doing you love going around people well I'm going to put you in a position where you can pick the ball up look at three lads in front of you and being, be able to envisage how you go round all three and I think that this rolls over into what's he done with Henderson you know you think about what's happened with Henderson since the Gerrard announcement Henderson's played every game he's played in centre midfield how do, you, what, how do you enjoy your football Jordan I want to be yeah. constantly at the centre of things Joe Allen Coutinho Sterling so on and so forth and I think that's the key thing Dave I think what he's done is he's got this system that he's ended up with he's tailored it I don't think it builds itself but he's tailored it to say to each of these lads and this is where he's got the buy in and it's where he's got the faith you enjoy your football yeah it is it's a case of what's in it for you and you know it fits into what we what were you we saying about the safety net aspect because you take that away it's it's giving players what they enjoy it's normally something that you reserve for your younger players giving them that freedom you, you say to a Jordan I have go and enjoy yourself you yeah. say to a Raheem Sterling go and, go and express yourself similarly at Everton you say to Ross Barkley go and enjoy yourself um, the fact that he's saying it to established players and, he, and, to, and to a full 11 yeah a exactly that's what I mean to each and every person on that pitch even Simon Mignolet yeah you know what I mean? You know, come for a cross. Do the things that you want to do. Yeah. Go with your... In and, and we built this shape to say, go with your instinct. And that's why, for instance, that's why Torre, when he's right-sided centre-half, 
it doesn't suit him as much as it's, it would suit him to be in the middle because he's having to adapt a little bit there, whereas it does suit Emre Chan, whereas it arguably when, when he first went to this shape, he put Glenn Johnson there, and you could see how it could suit Glenn Johnson, not just from the point of view of, you know, the, the and not from the point of view necessarily of the dirty work, because we don't think... we Lads... We're in this dressing room. We all know we're all going to have to do dirty work. That's football. Mm. But I'm telling you that the reason why you do the dirty work is that we're going to get to go and do this. Yeah, we'll reap the benefits. And that's the mm. key thing, I think. And it's lots of work. And it's so, but it's clearly this. And this was the most impressive thing about Liverpool last season. We just got the impression these lads were really enjoying the work. You'd see the training photos. They're all having a laugh. They're all obviously they're all having a laugh. But you know they're all having a great time with it. And now you feel as though you watch them. You would look at the way they interact with one another, like you were saying before. Like they are like a gang of mates. Mm. And it's because not one of them. Is turning up thinking, I've got to do this 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 dreadful job this week. I'm the fellow who's got to run around and man mark yeah. him. Or it's not I, a chore like it would be at Everton, for well, instance. Well, it would be, at, or a, yeah. you know, but a, you know, you, you, you name most of the clubs in the, the division here, and I think that that's a. This is fascinating. Just before we go to the break, because it's back to this idea of we've talked about before about the importance of silverware, but also the importance of you know of of end product versus process, and this is where you know. If you're Jose Mourinho and you're a Jose Mourinho manager, and it's interesting even Jose's one-line comment about him needing to eat trophies or something like that today, because the reason why is, if you're Chelsea manager and you're Jose Mourinho and you play the way Jose Mourinho plays, if you don't win and if there aren't trophies, then the lads all go, well, what are we in this for? Because this is soul sapping. This is, you know, this is at times you just, it's dour. You go to Manchester City, you don't give them a game. Mm. You just take the points. You don't try and go toe-to-toe with them. You just you just do what you've got to do to get out. That is getting players to buy into a philosophy, isn't it? So, so the, the, the Mourinho philosophy needs to win. Mm. It absolutely has to win. Whereas I think it obviously can only help a manager if your philosophy, if you win. It can only help a manager if you're winning every week to get buy-in. Mm. That's the way in which that works. But I do think that, you know, with Liverpool, let's say, um, you know, let's say Liverpool, go and get beat, get beat at Swan. Let's use the Swansea away game that's coming up will become Monday is a really good example. Well, they'll probably play pretty well. They might get beat. Well, in fact, we don't even need to use it. Look at the Besiktas game. And everyone gets to come out afterwards, pick themselves up, and not just get a win against Manchester City, but have a second half after playing 120 minutes on the Thursday night, I'll play in Manchester City. And it's done with this joy de vivre, this idea of we're Liverpool and we enjoy our work. This is all in the game. Neil Atkinson and David Downey, City Talk 105.9. I got through that bit without choking to death. Well in me. It's all in the game with Neil Atkinson and David Downey on City Talk 105.9. City Talk 105.9, indeed. Neil Atkinson and David Downey with you until uh, 7 o'clock or approaching 7 o'clock. Dave will get me out time for me now. He's doing all the maths in the world there. It's very impressive. Lost me pen again. He's lost his pen again. Uh, I'm sure we can solve this, Dave. Um, what strikes me as interesting at the moment in the Premier League is that the, there is this slight moment of not many sides have an impetus to put Liverpool aside for a second Arsenal appear to have a little bit of impetus but everyone else appears to be struggling for, for in fits and starts Manchester City are struggling in fits and starts Chelsea are on two wins in eight league games which is crackers considering what they looked like earlier in the season and the fact that they, they haven't lost many of them but you know they've not quite got the impetus that they had what uh, a day that was for them yesterday what a, what a day for Chelsea going to win a trophy League Cup City get beat at Liverpool. Yeah. Jim Mourinho saying he didn't want the players to know the score and all that, and one of his staff jumped up celebrating when uh, when the final whistle went when he went on the coach. <laughs> and uh, you know that must play be... it cool. Well, yeah. we, haven't, we haven't got onto the cop and scale yet. So it's all about playing it cool. <laughs> what is that, by the way? I've been looking at that all day. What happened? What happened was, oh, you don't know about this. They're no, not coming no. through on the telly. No. When scared, there was a point when it was two two one to Liverpool on about the 80th minute, and um, City had it. 
basically in, 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 in our box. And Skirtle was closing down and just slightly snapping towards the ball at the lad's, at the, at the lad's feet. And basically the cop, or the ground, but it felt like it was emanating from the, from, from the cop end, uh, the far end of the pitch, was going, oh, in a manner that suggested it's going to be a penalty. So the, it was ludicrous. It was like the cop was calling us. It, it, honestly, if Skirtle had made contact and the lads had gone down, the referee would have had to point well, to the like, spot. Like that noise they make when a keeper takes your goal. Yeah, it was crazy. Couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and you're thinking, no, no, lads, play it cool. I'll have to watch that. Oh, it's just play it cool with you, lads. You know, honestly, if 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 he'd have, if if the, the player had just hit the deck, even if he wasn't touched, the referee would have had something <laughs> to think about because the cop was crying it in for Manchester City. Uh, wouldn't been, no one would have been able to complain. Yeah, if Skirtle, if I was Skirtle, I'd have done a stinging interview today in the Echo. I'd have gone on my way to find James <laughs> Pierce at the Echo and say, we've got, to, we've got to talk about this with those lads. We've got to, we've got to set them straight. Don't uh, don't cry it in for the That's opposition. Brilliant. That is brilliant. Uh, yeah, I was absolutely livid in the ground about it, Dave. I was furious. Um, lads, come on. <laughs> He's playing for us. Um, Even if he two foot, you yeah. still don't make a noise. Exactly. Yeah. Um, play it cool. It's still not a foul if he two foot. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, so... You know, you put those side, those those teams aside for a second. You know, Arsenal and Liverpool, especially. There's no one knocking around who's got a little run of form. Every time I look at the table, you know, I'm suddenly I'm going. I'm in Southampton, uh, running through treacle. All of a sudden, you can't put the ball yeah. in the back of the net. They're going backwards at a rate of knots. Um, you know, Swansea look like they've, they've put a couple of results together. Stoke sort of like they put a, a couple of results together. You, yeah. you you can now see a world where Southampton don't come sixth or seventh and could even come eighth, ninth or tenth mm-hmm. this season. You know, it's it's strange that there's no. And this is again comes back to me thinking about why I don't. Ever need to panic because from nowhere, I just think you'll yeah. you just pluck two wins. You could go to Stoke. It wouldn't surprise me if Evan goes to Stoke and win. Mm, too many coupon busters, me dad would say. You oh, know, every you, week, you, all at, over. Yeah, uh, and the, there is no consistency. You look at United. What is going on there? How are they third? Well, the home form. They've won eleven. They've, won, they've not played 14 Absolutely home crazy. games and they've won 11 of them. And that's have you seen them play well this season? Genuinely? Um, no, I, I have they, not they were, seen them play well they, at all. They were good against Liverpool, I felt. I thought that was their best. The be, whilst Liverpool... But still should have not won the game. Well, Liverpool had a number of chances, but I thought that... I thought United were impressive in a couple of different ways against Liverpool. I thought they showed a lot of patience as well. And it was noticeable second half when they were 2-0 up, when they had four or five lads on yellow cards. They made a decision to stop tackling Liverpool a little bit to sort of let them get to a certain mm. point. I think there's nous about United, both in terms of Van Gaal and also in terms to those players there's I think it's easy to think they've got some big games coming up but I sort of think they need the big games they need to go to Goodison and get a win they need to go and fight they need to face Arsenal at home see, I, I, I sort of I have a different view of them you know because I, the, the way you see it, it looks like there's a, he, he has an idea of what's going on I, I think a lot of it is just you know general just throw it in the mix and see what happens type of thing I, I don't think there's that much of sense of control about it at the moment. You know, I think it's almost feels like when you looked at Newcastle years ago, when you thought Newcastle are going well here, it's bound to go wrong. It almost feels that way with United, and I, I think they'll struggle to get the top four. Maybe you're right. I, I think that I, I, at the moment, if you know, if you if you if you put a gun to my head, I'd say that Liverpool and Arsenal will make up the four places along yeah. with Chelsea and Manchester City. I really would. But there's this little thing which makes me think. The thing I was talking about before about the safety net football, about knowing how to set a team up to 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 find ways. And, to make sure you don't lose. To me, United feel a little bit at the moment like, you know, I remember there's a couple of, certainly 06, 07 Liverpool under Benitez where they got to the European Cup final they were never great domestically, but they were always going to finish in the top four. And United feel a little bit like that to me, you know, without the European Cup final angle, obviously, which justifies mm. everything. You know, you get to a European Cup final, fair play, lads. You know, it was a great season in that sense, and Benitez does really well. But I wonder whether or not there's a little thing going on here where United are smart enough and are being made smart enough by Van Hal to know how to not lose. Mm. Yeah, maybe I'll be an extremely... <laughs> 
uh, arduous learning process for them. Indeed. Uh, all right then, uh, Everton against Stoke. Fancy oh, it? God, one all. Uh, all in the game this week. Neil Atkinson and David Downey. Liverpool do Everton a favour and beat Burnley. <laughs> 